Hello there, EKN Nation. Welcome to episode number 36 of the EKN Debrief. My name's Rob Howden, joined by David Cole here on the EKN Radio Network as we break down the season finale for the WK Manufacturers Cup Series. The Grand Nationals being held at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina uh, at the very end of October. David Cole, of course, uh, trackside alongside Eric Brennan to uh, provide the play-by-play coverage and the uh, EKN trackside live social media and race reports. This week's show presented by K1 Race Gear. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and professional alike. Visit K1RaceGear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing outing. All right, David Cole joining me here on the EKN Radio Network. David, uh, early morning flight for you. I think it was 5.30 whatever you left on Friday. Um, in a uh, This Week in Karting podcast we did last week, we talked about the fact that there was always potential for rain when you go to North Carolina. Let's talk a bit about that as we give it an overview, overview for the event. Not a lot of action on Friday. None to – well, if you're a weatherman, there was a lot of action. Uh, because it was watching all the rain that decided to hit the, the Mooresville and Charlotte area, uh, throughout the day. I mean, literally from the time I landed till I think the time I went to bed, uh, it was nonstop rain. And then it decided to actually be, it was somewhat of a snow type hail, uh, precipitation that fell at the end of the night. So, (laughs) so it was, uh, it was nonstop a hundred percent was what what they forecasted and it was wet a hundred percent of the time on Friday. So, um, it was definitely a day I probably could have left a little bit later because <laughs> nobody was on the racetrack whatsoever on Friday. Uh, well, you got to hang out with everybody in chat. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Did you go out for lunch for somewhere or something? Uh, yeah, I did go to waffle house on the way there. Uh, so that was good. I did know that. I did know that. You sent me, you texted me. Yeah, I had a huge lunch that was mixture of lunch and breakfast. So it was great. Um, But, you know, they call that, they call that brunch, brunch. Dave. Um, Yeah. So I got to walk around a little bit, but, but the the sad part was, is a lot of people left after the mandatory driver's meeting. So uh, the paddock was, was pretty scarce. A lot of people were just packing up. Some people decided to use, uh, the time wisely and go hit up a lot of the race shops and take tours of the, uh, the NASCAR shops that are in the area. So, uh, you know, people went indoor karting. Uh, I decided to go back to the hotel and sleep. So that was, uh, that was and work, but what was your, hey, that's okay. Listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not judging. What, what, what was your wake up call? When did the alarm go off on Friday morning? Uh, three 30. So luckily, you know, luckily the, uh, the car to gate, time is like maybe a half hour. So, you know, I, it, it gets me a half hour to the airport, half hour through the gate and, or through check-in and all that stuff. So it's not, it's not too bad of a, of a, of a time, but uh, just being up that early was, was a bit of a struggle. Now the whole weekend wasn't wet though, right? It did dry up eventually. No. Yeah. It, uh, it began wet Saturday morning, of course, uh, with that amount of precipitation, it's just not going to wash away. Uh, especially with no sun because Saturday was, was very cloudy. Um, the sun barely broke through the clouds a couple of times, but, uh, we actually got a quick shower, uh, during the kid cart main event, main event. So, uh, 
So that was the only really precipitation other than the track being wet until it eventually dried up uh, towards the end of qualifying. Uh, Grand National, you know, final round of the year, rounds number 11 and 12 of the program. Uh, let's have a look at the numbers. So obviously, the championship season, the best of nine, right? Your, your, your best nine races, I believe, of, of the 12 rounds. What uh, what were your thoughts on the numbers we saw across the board? It, it uh, you know, if it wasn't for the two local option classes, it would have been over 100. So, um, you know, with it being oh, with those two classes, bringing in 14 and 11 for entries, uh, it helped the event break the 100 mark, which, you know, when you looked at the schedule being six events on the year, you knew, you know, some races were going to struggle. And yet, even though this was the Grand Nationals, there's a lot uh, going on after this weekend, uh, including the this going on week and in and, and two weeks. And just, you know, people have just basically run out of time and money to go racing. You know, it, a lot of kids are in school now or all the kids should be in school now, but yep. uh, it's, it's, it's a struggle. And, you know, last year the October event was, was decent, you know, but it was the only time they, they had gone to GoPro. And unfortunately this was the second time, uh, in, in the season for the series to go to GoPro. So that kind of hurt as well too, because, if you wanted to choose one or the other, I think most people cho- chose the March uh, weekend. And it, it's just, you know, having the 11 classes, you know, proposable, proposed 11 classes, one class actually had zero entries, which was Yamaha Sportsman. Wow. You know, the Yamaha, Yamaha's totaled nine entries. So uh, between Sportsman, Junior, and Yamaha. So it surely was the end of Yamaha because next year there's no Yamaha competition whatsoever. Uh, on the Manufacturers Cup, which is probably going to be the first time ever. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, when I first started in this sport for performance racing news in the early 90s, I'm, that's all the guys up in Ontario, you know, guys and girls, Tim Morphy, Juliana Chiaviti, the DeLeos, Butkowitz, all the b- badasses from up in Ontario, uh, Erlen, they all went down and ran Yamaha. That was a big thing, to go down and run Yamaha in, in Manufacturers Cup. That I mean, it, it was... It was the it was the deal in the nineties, right? Now, potentially the Yamaha is going to run its course. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, there's still tons, thousands of those engines around yeah. North America. You know, I'm sure there's still some in garages up in Canada that just haven't made their way to racetracks. But you know, it it it's kind of like the Leopard, but it just the the numbers aren't the same. To where yes, the Leopard's going to eventually go away. To where the Yamaha, it's going to go away. It's just going to take time. Uh, you're going to see a lot of club club and, races using it. Yeah. So, and, and will it ever like, will it go away? Like, oh, there's there's so many of them out there. Still it can still run at the club level. It can still run uh, regional level racing if 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 there's enough people at the club. Again, if we go back, David, to the clubs feeding particular regions. If there's good Yamaha participation at the clubs that serve a region, it'll be able to run regionally. So, what you what you're looking at next year? I. I uh, it's obviously going to be a shift in terms of categories for next year, correct? WK has made that move away from Yamaha. Yeah, they've they've already made that move, uh, going uh, basically IAMI and Briggs with uh, the Briggs running with the Cadets, uh, which was one of the local option uh, classes at Newcastle and here at GoPro. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a new somewhat new category, but, or new shift in, in focus on the class lineups, but it's still basically going to be the same. 
Yeah, David and I will for sure talk more about uh, what's happening with the WKA Manufacturers Cup and the other assorted regional series and national series uh, in a podcast before we get to the end of the season. But at this time, let's uh, take a quick break. We are here. Episode number 36 of the EKN Debrief, November 1st into the new month here for 2018. A couple weeks away from the SCUSA Super Nationals, but we're talking WKA right now. Manufacturers Cup, and we'll continue with this debrief after this short break. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the SCUSA Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts in all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the Mini categories, to the Heron for Tag Race, the Road Rebel for Gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. The 2019 season is just around the corner, and Trinity Karting Group is fired up and ready to take up the challenge. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. We're also a Midwest dealer for Tony Kart in Miami, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. We'll be trackside, the Supercart USA Winter Series and Pro Tour, the USPKS, the Battle of the Brickyard, and of course, the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Of course, David down at the WK Manufacturers Cup Grand Nationals, the finale uh, for the season at GoPro Motorplex at the end of October. We're going to jump down to the paddock pass. David, of course, having some time on Friday, a little bit of time to get into the paddock, but not much as uh, the rain chased a lot of people away and into other venues around the Mooresville area. But uh, again, lots to talk about uh, in terms of the paddock pass. This particular edition brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing, uh, who have everything you need to go racing from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from and cart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of cart racing under their belts, Acceleration Cart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the racetrack. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Cart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. 
All right, David, I know you got some notes scrawled down there. Of the paddock pass, what uh, what was the scuttlebutt in the pit area and not on the racetrack at Mooresville? Well, you got to begin with Friday and being it rained the entire day. Uh, I was really shocked at the lack of drivers who actually took to the racetrack. Now, when I say rain, it was coming down pretty hard at moments. Uh, but then again, there were some times that uh, it didn't uh, come down very hard, you know, maybe a light sprinkle. But um, WK decided to stay on schedule, so it wasn't like they opened up the track to everybody to go out and hit the racetrack. They stayed on their schedule, which kind of uh, upset a lot of the drivers because they didn't want to just sit around and wait an hour for their track time. They just wanted to get out yeah. there and go. So um, that kind of frustrated some things. But the, but but again, the lack of actual racers who hit the racetrack because. If you talk to a lot of the experienced racers, they'll say anytime it rains, you need to get on racetrack. You need to just throw a junk motor on it that you have sitting in the trailer and get out there and gain that rain racing experience because it's different from track to track, day to day, the amount of rain that's actually falling. And with this amount of rain, you don't get you don't typically get that kind of track conditions uh, anytime there is rain racing. So it uh, it was it was kind of disappointing to see that. Yeah, you know what? I've always said that as well. If you can get a chance to get out in the rain and get that experience, you get it because you never know when it's going to jump on you in the middle of a, of a championship race weekend, right? The rain comes, and if you haven't been on the track all year long in the rain, man, it's you're going to lose. It's it's the ability to be fast in the rain comes down to experience. So I, I'm surprised as well that uh, that more people didn't come out. That's one of the first things when you and I talked. I was surprised that the, the sheer lack of people that actually went driving. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a. It was kind of disappointing to see that. And again, it just you know you got to take advantage of what the weather kind of gives you some days. And some days, if it if it's raining, take advantage of it. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. But you know, we going back to the numbers. Uh, you know, it with the, what the numbers showed was a smaller size paddock, you know, a lot of open space. Um, n- nobody really struggling for for parking spots and bringing their trucks into the actual paddock instead of staying outside. Um, but again, the, the WK seems to be more of those grassroots racers, you know, guys who, who race regionally and locally that, uh, this is their, this is their big program. This is the, those six races or four or five are the, uh, are the big races of their season. So there are no big tents, uh, basically all easy ups, uh, you know, you know, there were some teams there, obviously, with lots of easy ups, and they were, you know, again, people pitted out of the back of their pickup trucks. So, um, yeah. uh, it's it's good to see that. You know, hopefully, we'll be able, WK will be able to tap into more of the those regional racers. Uh, I think the number of races is hurting them, and I think that's showing in the numbers. Uh, so we'll see how things progress in 2019 uh, with the same type of schedule. Uh, set up for next year, but um, they really need to tap into to the regional areas. It, it's an interesting approach, isn't it, David? You, you talk about you're going to have six races on the program, but it's your best nine results. So essentially, you still you, know, you can go to, you have to go to five of the six races. There's so much racing going on right now. The other side of the coin is have three races or four races, and you count everything. Or you know, or, you, or you, you drop one. So if you have a bad race, you know, bad race day, one race day, you come back and you run the whole series. It just seems to me like less is more right now. I think every, almost every program you see is going down to three or four races, five at the very most. Um, 
because it's just these people can't commit to that many weekends and, and run their club races. Well, and then in turn, uh, many of the championships, they were already decided before the weekend began. Uh, when you have 12 rounds of racing and you're only counting the best of nine, I mean, some guys didn't even have to be there in order to win the championship. So, uh, you know, that kind of takes the, the prestige of winning the championship away because, I mean, if you've won it, not even completing the entire program, what, I mean, how prestigious is that? I mean, you don't see yeah. that in racing. Uh, you know, yeah. Formula One's a little different because it's really a championship of four drivers. I mean, in all, True. in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, so that's basically how a lot of these championships were. I think there were only two or three that, um, needed to go into round 12 to, before it was, I think one actually only needed to be go, go into round 12 before it was decided either Saturday night even. So, um, yeah. the, you know, the, they're they're changed to four events counting towards the championship next year, which means you don't have to count two of the races, two actual weekends. Um, it may help, but again, it's I still think it's going to limit the actual numbers that you see per weekend. Well, you know, you said it straight up, David. If 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 you do, you're going to have six races that have less. Less if you had four, you'd have like everybody running all four as opposed to p- people picking and choosing out of the six. And you've said this in debriefs all year long. There's some races you know that are going to be big, and some races you know that are going to be well, guys aren't going to go to that race, right? It's just the nature of the venues, yeah. The nature of the venues, nature of the time of the year. Uh, lots yeah. of the, that's the problem with racing, there's lots of different factors into how, how the attendance is going to be. Uh, you know, it's it just, I mean, like again. October at the end of October, I don't think is an optimal time to have an event, especially with what's, you know, you have the rock, the Rio going on, and then you have super Nats following two weeks after that. So, I mean, there's, yeah. there's people that live in the Charlotte area that, did, that weren't even there because they're going to the next two races in, in Vegas. There it is. Anything else from the uh, paddock for this edition of the paddock pass? Well, the, the new thing for the WK that weekend was actually the implementation of pushback bumper. Now it wasn't to be, uh, to be monetized towards penalties. It was just to get competitors used to running the pushback bumper. Um, you know, WK officials were kind of there monitoring it saying, okay, you know, that would probably be a penalty. You know, they weren't really keeping numbers, which I was kind of disappointed in that because it could help kind of, you know, steer their way. Oh, is this helping? Is this hurting? Um, they did, they were trying to talk with drivers into, okay, do you know when this pushed in, you know, kind of doing that type of, uh, a polling. Yeah. So that was, at least they had that going, but, um, you know, again, it was for a lot of these competitors, they've never run the pushback bumper before. So this was their first time, uh, mounting it, making sure it's mounted correctly. Um, you know, they were after the race, they were help, helping to take them off to show them, you know, okay, you know, this is the proper way to do it, et cetera. So, um, that, that, you know, we'll see again, that's something we'll have to see when, uh, it's implemented in Daytona. So Daytona is going to be, which you don't really want to start it with your biggest race of the year, but, uh, that's what WK is going to be doing. I, I do like the fact that, that, that they brought it in for this particular weekend. You're right. If anybody hasn't run it yet, obviously a lot of people have, whether it's USPKS or Supercarts USA or down at the Florida winter tour or. Uh, I think it's. I think that was a great idea. Let everybody get a chance to run it, as you said. So really, it's not implemented. It is. It is officially for the first time 
at cart week, but still, I, I think that's a great idea, David. All right, folks, uh, stay with us. we got more to come here. David Cole is going to jump in and start breaking down class by class as we head in to the race report segment of episode number, what, 36? Episode 36 of the EKN Debrief. Stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. From coast to coast, Miami has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting. Starting with the air-cooled 60cc Swift engine and moving through to the incredible X30 power plant, Miami is providing much-needed stability for the sport. The Swift and X30 engines are the backbone of the Superkart USA Pro Tour and Pro Kart Challenge Series, as well as the USPKS, the Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. We're thrilled to introduce the new IAMI KA100 Rejet engine with a special introductory price of just $16.95 until the end of February. The new engine is getting rave reviews and will be part of the USPKS, Route 66, and WKA Man Cup programs in 2018. Watch for more regions of the country to get on board with this new formula. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. Miami East in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Miami West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build, so it's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information on Miami, head to the website for your region. MiamiUSAEast.com or MiamiUSAWest.com. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tenth, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. David Cole and Rob Howden here with you. Uh, again, as I said, I'm pretty shocked. 36 editions of this EKN debrief. David giving us the inside scoop on the WK Manufacturers Cup Series Grand Nationals held uh, in late October at uh, GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. Moving now into the race report segment presented today by The Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. 
If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. This unparalleled ladder system is designed to take drivers through three rungs of competition, beginning with USF 2000 and progressing through Pro Mazda into Indy Lights. Along the way, each series champion receives a scholarship to race at the next level. If you want to race IndyCar, there is only one choice, the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. All right, David, you've got a list of categories to rock through us here. We're going to start off with Iami Senior and, uh, not surprising, a very familiar face and a name up front. Brandon Jarzakrak dominated the day on Saturday. Uh, Elliot Badinsky, actually the uh, Michigan Michigander, actually still fast time in qualifying. It was one of those sessions where it was at dry tires or rain tires, and actually Iami uh, Senior ended up being dry tires. So, um uh, Bazinski was able to lay down the, uh, the fast time there, but engine trouble kind of hit him throughout the day. Uh, Jars crack took over from the opening heat, winning both of the heat races on the day and the main event. Uh, Ashley Rogero, uh, was able to beat out the champion Austin Garrison for the runner up spot. Pretty, uh, pretty solid podium. <laughs> Three pretty stout drivers right there. For sure. Uh, we saw Ashley win both uh, Yamaha main events in Newcastle. Uh, being at her home track of GoPro, she decided to switch over to the uh, to IAMI side and uh, something that she races all the club races at GoPro with. So uh, definitely, you know, Jars of Crack, Ashley, Austin running the Fullerton. Lots of laps there at GoPro. Uh, but Sunday really is uh, when the heat really got cranked up. Uh, Jars of Crack started out the day topping the charts and qualifying and winning the pre-final, but it was the final where everybody kind of, you know, threw up their dukes and kind of went at it a little bit. Uh, Rogero, yeah, exactly. Uh, Rogero was really uh, uh, all over Jarzakrak most of the final, uh, kind of going hard. Both of them had some hard racing between the two. Uh, that allowed Alex Bertignoli to kind of slip in a little bit with Garrison right there as well, too. Bertignoli was running third uh, on the final lap. Uh, when Rogero and Jarzakrak kind of didn't really come together, but kind of had a meaning of who can go the deepest into turn one. And as you know, turn one there is very, very fast. So um, both of them kind of drifted wide. Jarzakrak actually had to go off the uh, into the pit lane road area, uh, and they both rejoined behind uh, Bertignoli, who was able to slip past both of them uh, for the lead. And then Bertignoli, obviously, able to uh, hang on throughout the last lap and uh, earn victory in his comp cart debut. Uh, Rogero and, and, and Jars of crack continued fighting hard through turn four, turn eight. And then in the last corner where Rogero actually went into the uh, outside wall, uh, Jars of crack continued on, but he was fourth and then obviously penalized after that, uh, that allowed uh, Austin Garrison to take second and then Blake hunt slipping in through to take third. Sounds like it was some pretty solid racing. You know, I, I, anytime you get those that level of competition and throw them on a track, a great track like the like GoPro, you just you just know you're going to have excitement. I don't care how many guys are in the field, if it's five or fifty five, you get a good battle like that up front. You know, it's going to get exciting. Yeah, neither neither was giving an inch, and you know, no, there's no points on the line, no championships That's on the right. line. It was all about who wanted it the most, and and yeah, obviously a lot, all of them wanted it. And uh, Bertignoli was able to, to, to take advantage and gain the win. 
That's awesome. I love to hear that. Now, also, of course, I'm you know I'm following like so many people who weren't there. I was listening to the EKN live broadcast. I'm following your uh, your posts up on EKN on Facebook and Twitter, and it was cool to see uh, Mike Easton back out running. That was awesome. Yeah, the veteran who is no stranger to winning WK Eagles actually added another one. Uh, he was able to take advantage of uh, an official penalty. Uh, in the KA100 senior category. Uh, Giesen actually won both heat races in the class after uh, Pauli Massimino was top qualifier. Uh, the main event, uh, again, another great battle that ended up uh, going down to the wire. Uh, Emery Lida crossed the line as the provisional winner, but was handed a two-position penalty for contact earlier in the race. So that, in turn, promoted Giesen to the top of the podium. Uh, class champion Blake Hunt was then moved to second with Lida ended up in third. That's always so tough to swallow, but uh, you know what? Penalties come down and that, that happens, but good for good for number one, Geeson. But again, Emery Lida showing, showing really good pace. Yeah, I didn't happen to see the contact that they called Lida for. They, again, it was early on in the race and it, I think it would happen in, a, in an area that I wasn't actually able to see from where I was taking the photos. So um you know, it, it's tough for him, but, you know, again, it shows the officials are watching things. Uh, you know, there was no protest as far as I know. So obviously Lida, uh, you know, took took his wounds, uh, you know, and fessed up to it. But, he, you know, again, he still knew he uh, he was he was in the hunt. And again, yeah. that moved over into Sunday where Lida was, again, one of the uh, one of the top guys uh, in the field. Again, Pauli Massimino, top qualifier in the day, actually was able to win the pre-final on Sunday. So he led uh, the field to the green flag in the final. He, Giesen, Blake Hunt, Lida, they were all kind of right there. Uh, but uh, it was Massimino leading on the final lap, going into that tight turn eight corner that we typically see, that last lap, last pass. Uh, Massimino went to the inside to defend Giesen saw a little bit of track, so we went for it. The two kind of pushed wide, and that allowed uh, Blake Hunt to slide through and uh, take the lead, going from third to first and hold on for uh, his third actual victory, fifth on the year if you count the two that uh, jars a crack sub for him at Newcastle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, is it is it just me or doesn't it seem like just yesterday when Pauli Massimino was running like Minimax? Yeah, cadet. He was, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, I just see it, it, it was five years ago. <laughs> basically, yeah, it was about four four years ago. So, oh my god! I just I know it's crazy. It happens. It's crazy fast. to think about him running senior. It does. It's, it's fa- happening faster. Yeah. David. So he was able to hold on for a second with uh, Geeson, kind of just like yeah, it happens. I'm in third. Uh, Lida ended up running the fast laps of the of both main events on the weekend, uh, placing fourth. So yeah, so the pace was there for Lida, as I said, right? He was right in it. I mean, I was watching some live timing on that one. Uh, Dave, let's move to the Yamaha Senior Championship. As you said, um, not the greatest turnout in in the Yamaha categories. Only three drivers in senior making the trek to uh, to GoPro. Yeah, and two of them were actually siblings. Uh, Megan Perry was able to lock up the Yamaha Senior Championship on Saturday with her second victory of the season. She beat out her brother Hunter for the victory with uh, Kayla Chapman in third. Sunday was Hunter's turn as he took the top step of the podium in his first victory of the season with uh, his sister Megan in second. So they went one-two on both days with uh, Chapman placing third. 
uh, an even dozen running in the IAMI Junior class. Uh, in Again, following along on the EKN uh, radio network with Eric Brennan on the mic. Sounds like uh, Hayden Jones pretty impressive on Saturday. Yeah, he really had a breakthrough, uh, breakout performance on Saturday, uh, he, uh, scoring his first victory in the class. So Jones kind of dominated the heat races and then uh, held off championship leader Josh Green for the victory. Top qualifier, Caden Wharf who actually ran all three junior classes on the weekend, uh, was in third. So what about on Sunday? Was uh, Jones able to come back and do it again? Or Well, Jones qualified P1, uh, but uh, kind of got pushed back to third in the prefinal. Green kind of took that win uh, and used the pole position to actually get away and drive away to his second victory of the season, which essentially locked up the championship for him. Uh, Connor Ferris followed through with uh, a second place performance with Jones getting shuffled back even further at the start of the final, but uh, was able to drive his way back up to third. So two uh, two podium finishes for Jones on the weekend. All right, Dave, let's uh, let's jump into the uh, Yamaha Junior class again. Six drivers in Yamaha Junior. Uh, not not surprising to see Caden Wharf up front, right? This guy is one of the top young juniors in the country. Well, as we said, he was running three classes of the, on the weekend, and these were this class was the only place where he actually won. So, but winning is nothing new for him. And in, in Yamaha Junior, he's won his he won his eighth and ninth race of the season. Uh, obviously, earning the championship on the season. Saturday won both heat races and the main event. Uh, Ian Quinn was second with William Cox in third. Uh, Sunday was a, actually a great battle with uh, the entire field nose to tail until Wharf was able to pull away uh, and earn the checkered flag. Quinn and Cox both uh, repeated their podium positions behind Wharf. You know, David, at the top of the uh, the uh, podcast here, you mentioned KA100 being our junior, KA100 junior, uh, being a local option class for the uh, GoPro uh, race, the Grand National. But it's going to be full time on Manufacturers Cup in 2019. Uh, they were able to draw 14 drivers for the finale. Do you feel, b- before you jump into the actual telling us who, who was able to, to do well and, and get on the podium, do you feel like the, the momentum is there to, to have a solid, you know, double-digit potentially field in the 20s or 30s next year? I don't. Th- I think you'll get that at Daytona uh, the whole okay. season. Uh, likely, no. Um, okay. It's, you know, it's... We were getting we were getting great numbers in Yamaha Junior, but again the the shift has moved to to this new engine package, and we it didn't exactly grow well in USPKS and other programs, but I think it's getting there. But I don't I don't okay. think we're at the the thirty cart mark. I think we we might see that at Daytona, but uh, week in and week out, I think I think you have anywhere between fifteen at the most. Uh, you know, hopefully more. Uh, it yeah. depends on on what racers do because again, this the, the these new engines aren't at every club track that uh, you know WK is behind. So yeah. <laughs> you know, again, it's it, they're working from the top down instead of the bottom up. Uh, so we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, I think the the engine package is doing well. We're getting a lot of great reviews from it. Uh, but again, it's just people buying into it. Uh, you know, there's people yeah. that have you know thousands of dollars invested in their Yamaha programs and then. They didn't want to see it go, um, but it's gone. So now it's a matter well, of what hey, do they do with it? <laughs> if you don't come out to the racetrack, what do you say, right? If you don't have the 20 to 25, you got to make a move. And that's, again, give us, so give us a scoop. Again, KA100 Junior, local option as part of the WK 
Manufacturers Cup Grand National, the finale at GoPro. What? Uh, uh, who were the drivers who were able to find their way to the podium? Well, the weekend was a two-driver fight. We had uh, Tyler Wettengel and Donald Wharton the second showing the way all weekend long. Uh, Wettengel was able to uh, get the advantage on Saturday, winning by just 93 thousandths over Wharton. Uh, Brooke Not- Notman was third, uh, so a good performance for her uh, at her local track. Uh, Sunday, Wharton was able to come out on top uh, over Wettengel. Uh, with Hunter Yaney uh, grabbing his first WK podium of the season in third. Nice. Still, uh, what do we got? Uh, four more categories to come, folks, as David Cole uh, rocks through this race report as we're talking WK Manufacturers Cup Grand National finale from GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. Episode number 36 of the EKN Debrief. After this break, David will cap off the final four categories. Introducing ePartrade, electronic performance and racing trade. ePartrade is the revolutionary new web-based trade-only product sourcing platform that works 24-7 to connect performance parts suppliers with racing business professionals around the world. Find new products and technologies all year long, accessible everywhere, from anywhere, 24-7. ePartrade is the only product sourcing platform as innovative and fast-paced as the racing market itself. ePartrade is the fastest, most efficient, and cost-effective way to introduce new parts and services to the worldwide racing trade while they're red-hot, allowing builders, race teams, retailers, engineers, and other verified racing businesses to access them from anywhere in the world, day or night. The world is changing, and we're changing with it. Welcome to the future. ePartrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. Visit us at www.epartrade.com or you can reach us at 323-870-9300. Are you ready to get the 2018 season started? If you're like us, we're ready to get out of the snow and back to the track. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry. With over 50 years of combined karting experience, we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years. From providing a helping hand at a weekday test outing or a club event, to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2018, we'll be attending the Scusa Winter Series and Pro Tour, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Karting Series. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the EKN Debrief. David Cole kind of filling us in on what he saw trackside at the WK Manufacturers Cup finale at GoPro Motorplex. David, let's jump into uh, Mini Swift because I, I want to hear uh, what happened with WK putting up the $100 bounty on 2018 champion Brent Cruz. I found that interesting when they posted that on social media. Yeah, not exactly a fan of it. Uh, 
Me neither. Yeah, I mean, it's something you do for the adult classes because you know it could get a little uh, sketchy. Fortunately, uh, nothing like that happened here. Um, all the mini Swift drivers, uh, you know, were driving pretty much with their heads on their head or heads on their bodies. So uh, nothing too out of out of ordinary for these guys. Uh, and actually, a really good field. So uh, uh, Brett Cruz again, you know, as we said, IME uh, International Final two time winner. Uh, actually came in as a championship leader, basically had had the championship in hand, but uh, was able to lose uh, both main events to uh, Sebastian NG and Ben Mayer. Uh, he and NG were uh, battling for the win on Saturday. Sebastian was able to beat out Brent for the victory uh, with Alex Delemo, the third placing in the third position for his first uh Good for him. Yeah, it was uh yeah, which and he wasn't there s- Sunday, so I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, okay. maybe, maybe he, got, he was out partying. He was out. He was out partying, celebrating all night. Maybe long. he got ground he was grounded from Sunday's action. I have no idea what he happened. Was, he was cake drunk. He went out and had a party. Why not? So uh, <laughs> Why not? Sunday, Sunday again, the field was was pretty tight. Uh, a lot of good battles uh, in the pre-final, but uh, NG actually was able to jump out to a big lead in the final. Uh, but Cruz and Ben Mir actually partnered up and was able to run him down. Uh, so that made it a three-driver battle for the victory. Uh, Mayer was running third, kind of just sitting in the wings waiting to see what would happen, and it actually paid off because uh, NG and uh, Cruz were fighting for the lead on the final lap, and they drifted wide as they went through the double right-handers, and Mayer was able to go from third to first in the matter of moments. And uh, nice. and then he held off uh, NG at the line by 41 thousandths of a second for uh, his first uh, mini victory, uh, only his third start in the mini category. So uh, not bad for him. Yeah. And then Cruz was right there in third. Uh, before the break, we talked about uh, one of the local option classes, and that was KA100 Junior. Obviously, there's some pretty good Briggs numbers uh, at the GoPro Motorplex and their club program. Uh, WK running the Briggs 206 Cadet local option class. And uh, fill us in on uh, on who was quick there. I know one driver was able to dominate, essentially dominate the main events and uh, grab a couple of victories. Well, actually, no, two different drivers, but uh, Cameron oh, Weinberg. Okay. Actually won one of his uh, two wins on the weekend in the Briggs 206 category. Uh, Weinberg was able to outrun the field uh, in the final for victory on Saturday, but uh, ahead of uh, Spencer Conrad and Ben Mayer uh, joining him on the podium. On Sunday, it ended up being uh, Danny Zizowski, uh the Yamaha Sportsman Champion, who won the final. Uh, ben Mayer was leading on the final circuit until he jumped a curb and essentially the kingpin was left loose and it decided to dislodge itself from the chassis. It decided uh, to, did it? Yeah, it decided to. So, uh, believe me, I saw, so I saw him jump the curb from the tower. And I'm like, Ooh, you don't, you can't do that in that kink corner. You're not supposed to do that. And he ran the defensive line. Well, as he went to turn left into turn eight, the cart kind of just went straight. So, um, mm. that kind of collected Weinberg who he was trying to fend off and allowed Dazelski to slip past for, uh, the lead. And going on to score the victory, Weinberg was able to continue on and finish second with Christopher McKeithen winning the battle for the third spot on the podium. So I obviously got confused myself with Weinberg. I know that he did get two wins, and we'll talk about his victory in uh, in Microswift. But 
David, in in the categories, in the, in those cadet categories, you see you see a lot of drivers do double duty, where a majority of them run in both classes. I think that was a struggle with the Yamaha. A lot of guys weren't doing the Yamaha class. Yeah, uh, we brought they've brought in the Briggs, and people are kind of easy. It's easier for them to do that because, again, with the Briggs program, you kind of just jump in and go. Right. Uh, but if you know if you're Jim Mayer, you got to keep everything tight. So um, that's kind of <laughs> the downside to that. I hear you. All right, let's talk about Micro Swift. Yeah, Micro Swift. So that actually was uh, where Weinberg actually got his second victory, just to keep you informed, Rob. I appreciate that. Um, Getting up to speed. Yeah, a winner at Newcastle. He was able to emerge as the top driver throughout uh, the day on Saturday and drove to victory uh, ahead of Pittsburgh double winner Gavin Bushell with uh, Spencer Conrad in the third position. All right, let me answer me this then. Is uh is Cameron Weinberg is he back another year in micro? Is what where is he on the age scale right now? Are we gonna see him back as one of the front runners in micro next year? I'm not sure where he is on okay. the skate uh age scale, but he is running mini this week in Rock the Rio, as far okay. as I know. So, so maybe think, making the move to mini next year. I'm pretty sure he's pulling the Ben Mayer and going up to uh to mini, which I think right. we're seeing a lot of the actual micro drivers moving up next year. So uh, it'll be an interesting year to see, uh, you know, what micro does in 2019. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Let's, uh, continue. sorry, let, let me, let me let your order Sunday. So on, uh, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. On Sunday, uh, we saw a bit of a rough pre-final. Uh, we had a number of the contenders involved in two separate incidents that brought out red flags. Um, Coming away from that was Miles Murray, who actually set fast time in qualifying for, for, for his first pole position, uh, and he won the prefinal. But uh, come to the final, he got shuffled back a little bit, and Weinberg and Hoyt, um, Hoyt, oh, Hoyt Moore, yes, Moore? Hoyt Moore, <laughs> confusing names. Hey, listen, it's a lot of names, David. It's all right. It's a <clears> lot of names. Me. So Hoyt, yeah, Hoyt and Weinberg, they were able to uh, to kind of break away from the field. And they were actually, well, Weinberg couldn't start after one of the red flags, so he had to sit on the sidelines. Moore was actually involved in one of the red flags, so he was racing the final with a severely bruised hand. Uh, so he toughed it out, and actually the toughing out paid off as Moore was able to uh, to, to win the drag race to the checker flag to, uh, to beat Weinberg at the line by 53 thousandths of a second to earn his first WKA victory. Ah, good for him. That's all. and you know what to tough it out after an incident. Well done. That's it solid. is. It was. It was. It was definitely a a, a very a very big win for him, and a lot of the fan, a lot of the parents on the uh, on the fence line were cheering for for his victory. Nice. Nitro Nitro Cart made it a a sweep of the podium with Aiden Patty on the uh, third spot on the podium. So, Dave, you talk about uh, a lot of the micro Swift drivers, you know, jumping up to potentially into the mini Swift class next year in the WK Manufacturers Cup. You know, again, one, I'm not always a huge fan of having kid carts run nationally, but in terms of feeding the category, the next group up, micro Swift, having a, a good number of drivers in kid carts, 18 at this particular event, does kind of pave the way into micro Swift. Well, the kid carts were the, actually the largest field. Uh, of the weekend so i think that that kind of says what uh where the direction that the sport is going uh you know we have a number of the micro drivers that began in kid karting and have now worked their way uh through the ranks so they have already five years of national racing experience uh in their in their 
in their hands. So, yeah. uh, you know, again, it's, it, you know, it, it's different how you look at it for everybody. Obviously these, a, a lot of the parents are into it a hundred percent and a lot of them are just there to make sure their kid has a good time. Um, so again, you carting is what you, what you make of it, uh, from, from kid carts all the way up to masters racing. It is what you make. Agreed. Of it. Agreed. Uh, but on the weekend in the kid cart class, Hudson Floyd uh, stamped his name on the championship trophy, uh, winning both days. Floyd was able to drive away to victory by nearly two seconds over Beckham Lewis and Casey Quinn on Saturday. On Sunday, Floyd was able to fight off Lewis on the final lap for the victory with Jacob Scheibel placing third. Not bad, Dave. Good one. It's a lot of names, buddy. A lot. You know, Smith. Johnson, those are great names. <laughs> you'll take some, I'll take those. You'll take some more of those ones. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, again, congratulations to Hudson Floyd. Did a pretty good job there in winning that championship, as you said, in the kid cart class. Well, David, that wraps up your race report. We'll do a complete wrap-up at the end. But right now, let's uh, jump into the EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented today by Nitro Kart. If you've got a racer just starting out in cadet racing or already racing but ready to take the next step onto the podium, you need a Nitro Kart. Throughout the 2018 season, Nitro Kart drivers scored wins and championships in SCUSA, WKA, and USPKS competition, and even more at the club level. Whether you're racing two-cycle or four-cycle, Nitro Kart has you covered with one of the best cadet chassis on the market. Nitro Kart. Race one or chase one. Now, David, throughout the season here on our EKN debriefs, we've, we've usually had three, four, five different events to talk about uh, in terms of our EKN trackside live race calendar, the events that we have coming up. I'm almost, it's, 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 I'm almost, it's, I'm kind of sad, but I'm also relieved, but I'm also ready for 2019 because dude, there's only one on this particular broadcast. The only race that we have to talk about right now for the EKN trackside live, our final one, official one for 2018, uh, our 24th, I believe, trackside live event, November 14th to 18th, the 22nd running of the Supercart USA Super Nationals at the Real All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Dude, it's time for the big one. Heading for the Supernats. Yeah, the big one. The big one. Uh, you know, right. Super Nationals, it's, it's, it's just just being there i mean it's just it just has that different feeling it just has that that panache that especially with the 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 las vegas strip in the background and and flying into the las vegas and just there's something about las vegas and carting that just kind of just kind of drives you crazy and uh well there's a, there's an electricity to it isn't there, there is uh you know you know it and especially being back now at the rio uh, our third time third period of going back to the yeah. rio uh, it, it almost is like a homecoming. So this is almost like our, uh, our homecoming, like you have with football and basketball for carding. It's, it's really the super nationals. You know, it's interesting too, David, you know, that when, uh, we do big races like the Scusa pro tour or, or some of the major events, uh, the one-offs like rock Island, you know, you spend the time putting together a preview, usually, a, you know, maybe a one day or a two day preview at the most when it comes to the super nationals, you know, I'm, I'm busy on my side getting things set up for the EKN live program with all our broadcast partners that, that help make it possible. You know, it's, it would be cool to see you actually have to chronicle how much time you actually spent on the laptop putting together all the previews and everything we do going into that event. You've got, you got two weeks of previews coming. It's crazy. 10, 10 race or 10 classes, 10 days of previews, uh, 10 starting, 
starting very soon, uh, too soon actually, because we're not exactly ready. <laughs> we're still waiting on on some information to come here and there. But um, yeah, it's uh, and I and I and I like it because it it gives a spotlight to each category. It's something that it's hard to do for a lot of the races that we do. We'd love to do this every week, but again, you're talking. We're talking, you know, at least you know four four hours per preview at the, at the minimum. Wow. If if you look at you know minimum, you yeah. know, complete work, not just you know browsing at the TV or listening to the radio or searching Facebook, having me ha- having me interrupt you to do a yeah. podcast and another that, podcast and produce another the worst podcast part is you interrupting me all the time. <laughs> So, you know, that I actually need to I'll shut shut off Skype all week this next 10 days, so it'll be a lot easier that way. But um, yeah, we would love to do class by class previews on uh, every race we go to, but it's just so much. So, we kind of, you know, reserve it for our Super Nationals, the Super Bowl of karting. Um, you know, yeah. we, with that we end with Super Sunday. So, it's um ah. this is it. You know, I just got goosebumps there. I I'm glad I gave you goosebumps. Well, think, just thinking about Super Sunday, I just absolutely, uh, you know, there's going to be the Supercarts USA Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, Mike Marini is going to uh, award this year's Dan Weldon Ambassador Award. Um, just everything that we do on Super Sunday. I, you know, really, I'm excited to see what this new track's going to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is something brand new going counterclockwise at the Rio, something we haven't done, something we have done at the the last three years at the, uh, at the, at the Westgate. And so I'm excited to see what this new track, because every year we were at the Rio from basically 2008 to, to when we left in 2014, it was basically the same racetrack. We never had that change of, Oh, what's this turn going to look like? Or, you know, we have, we still have that same long straightaway, but we're going the opposite way. I know it's good. And and we're going to be in a different position. We're obviously in the far end looking back, at the real itself. So our focus is going to be different. Our look's going to be different. That's for sure. We're going to have the sun in our face all the time. Yeah, hey, that's whoa, for sure. Whoa, um, what? Yeah. I didn't think about that. Right yeah. in our face <laughs> at like 3.30 when it's hitting down. All right. Well, we'll have our sunglasses at least. We need we need a sunglass sponsor. You ever notice that? I think we need a sunglass sponsor. That's, yeah, that's that's on the list. I'll get to work on that. All right. Listen, that's it for the ECAN Trackside Live calendar. Of course, you can hear it in David Nye's voice. We are absolutely thrilled to get to Las Vegas, to get back to the Super Nationals, number 22. Um, I, I'm thrilled to be able to be on the mic once again. David, of course, given unparalleled trackside live coverage. We're going to play around with some live stuff on Facebook, hopefully. We're going to do some different stuff as well, some more interviews, as we always do. It's going to be fun. But let's cap off this edition, David, of the debrief, give you a little bit of opportunity just to wrap up what happened at the WK Manufacturers Cup Grand Nationals. Well, really, to wrap it up, we're kind of, I kind of wrapped up the uh, the season, uh, beginning with the Manufacturers Cup Series chassis trophy. Uh, Nitro Kart had a phenomenal season, winning twenty times in two thousand eighteen. So they were able to take home uh, that trophy that we've seen a number of different manufacturers bring home. Uh, Top Kart being one of them, they ended up finishing second with seventeen, Parallel with ten, Burrell Art with eight, and Fullerton with eight. So. Um, Definitely a good mixture of, of chassis. Uh, I believe there were probably 12 different brands that actually won. So it was a good year for that. Uh, but the numbers still weren't quite what they were in previous years. Obviously, the extended championship being 12 rounds and and the pack carding schedule that we have probably hurt the, uh, the numbers. But uh, again, hopefully that'll improve uh, in the upcoming in the next year and the years after that. 
Uh, but again, the 2018 season is complete. And now we only have 57 days until Daytona Cart Week. <laughs> always about the countdown nowadays, right? It's always the counting down. It's 57 days before Carters once again invade Daytona International Speedway. Sprint racing, road racing, dirt racing. Still a badass event. You know the funny thing, David? I, you know, I've been there to that event many times. I have never driven. I've never road raced there. I've never sprint raced there. All I've done, I ran on the dirt one year. Well, you haven't even run on the new dirt. You've been at the old, no. the old stadium. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something we'll work on in future future events. We'll look at that. We'll look at that. All right, hey David, thank you so much. I know you're unbelievably busy. We kind of chronicled that already with, uh, you know, how, how much time you put into these uh, previews for the the Super Nationals. I want to tell you on behalf of myself, thank you so much for the the work you put in. I know. People don't see it. They we get to the racetrack, we fire up our live coverage, uh, you know, on Thursday afternoon at the end of the sessions for qualifying, and then we're live all the way through to the end of Super Sunday. We're track, you know, trackside Tuesday, Wednesday, social media, the whole deal. But uh, there's a lot that goes into this coming into the event, getting everything ready to go, just like every team does, Scusa does. There are months and months of planning. We got a lot of work to do before we get in there, and I appreciate you putting in the time, buddy. Thank you so much. Well, we'll see if people appreciate my predictions. <laughs> what the dude? It doesn't matter how much they like you, how good a friend you are, how much work you've put in. If you don't pick their driver, you're on the S list. You are. You are. You know it. We'll see what happens. You know- we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm probably going to disappoint a lot of people. Well, every time you send me over the preview to edit, I'll make my picks. You make your picks, and we'll see who ends up coming out on top. Sounds good. I think you've beat me every pretty much every time we've done that. I think we're close a couple of times. It's, I think you might have we're, we're almost like a 50-50 type deal, but pretty I get much. like the 51, you get the 48. Yeah. 49. All right. Well, 51 and 48. Uh, yeah, because there's always that 1% missing. <laughs> You're the math major. Because there's always the 1% missing. You always got to yeah, count true. on that's that. True. I appreciate that. I can, I can live with the, the wiggle room there. All right, folks, we just capped it up. Another one uh, here on the EKN Radio Network. And we uh, we appreciate you tuning in, whether you've downloaded the app from iTunes or Google Play, whether you're listening just on the phone, uh, whether you've got it up on the laptop at ecardinews.com slash radio. We appreciate it. We, uh, we are having a lot of fun uh, cranking out these podcasts. Uh, I want to say we're at 45 or 46 podcasts total for the year. Uh, the plan is to potentially double that in 2019 as we utilize the EKN radio network a lot more. Uh, please download. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, please go do that. Again, iTunes or Google Play, download the EKN radio network app. Just search eCarding News. The best way, of course, to get the first look, a first listen to all of our uh, podcasts and online content. Again, EKN radio. 24-7, 365, and we are actually going to be working next year on potentially streaming our live EKN Live play-by-play through the app. And I'd like to do some live call-in shows. I think that would be a lot of fun. Watch for that. Uh, maybe something that we'll play with in 2019 as well. But otherwise, I want to thank David Cole for taking time away from a very busy uh, week, in fr- or 10 days, I guess, in front of his laptop here. As we get set to roll into the Supercarts USA Super Nationals, we'll, of course, do a debrief on that event before we head into Thanksgiving. But otherwise, we look forward to seeing as many of you as possible in Las Vegas at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino. Otherwise, stay tuned on our social media networks. Every podcast we do when we're interviewing somebody, uh, look for us to be asking questions. If you guys want to uh, offer questions up on Facebook or Twitter, you can do that. 
Plus, we have a brand new podcast, which will be coming out soon as well. I'm starting a new conversational podcast called Book It with Rob Howden. Going to get some cool guests, drivers, personalities in the sport, those who do not fit into our Industry Insider or Operation Grassroots podcast programs. It's going to be a cool one, I think. The conversations I expect to have will be great. Just wrapped up one with Matt Jaskell, which you are definitely going to want to listen to. It's long. It's about 90 minutes, but you are going to absolutely love it. Uh, Matt really kind of lays out what has been a, a wild career and a wild life so far. Folks, thank you so much for again for joining us here. The EKN Debrief number 36. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.